Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Delicious Podcast with me, Jilly Smith. And this week I'm with Susan Lowe, Deputy Editor and Books Editor of Delicious Magazine, to discuss our top three food books of the year, in case you're still looking for a Christmas present for the food lover in your life. I asked her if she spends the whole day reading. I can't say that I read them beginning to end, kind of cover to cover, but I have a really good bash at them. <laughs> and they come in and they're on my desk and I have it. I have a very, very, very hard time doing the rest of my job because there are books on it because I've been a book addict since I was very, very small. So, yes, it's, it's one of the, my favourite parts of doing yeah, this job. And, and, and mine too. I don't read them cover to cover, although some of them I absolutely do. And uh, I refuse to interview a food writer until I've actually read their book and cooked from it because I think you get a real sense of who these food writers are and what they're really trying to say only by cooking their recipes. Now, we're going to talk about some of our favourite books this year and we're going to come down to our top three so that anyone looking for last-minute Christmas presents, this is for you. Right, Susan, the, the top ten's actually in the December issue of the magazine and, in fact, one of your top three isn't in your top ten because you've That's true, just been looking at I, it. It came out kind of as I was just working my way through the December issue and I didn't really have time to do it justice and I thought, well, I'm not really going to kind of, you know talk about something unless I've, I've really yeah, done it absolutely. justice and um, yes it's a, it's a book called um, Black Sea so this is not in the December issue but it's one that I have grown to cherish and it's by a woman called Caroline Eden who I've decided I want to be just like when I grow up <laughs> if that ever happens which it probably won't and she's extremely knowledgeable and writes so beautifully and so poetically um, and her recipes are also really, really amazing. And what she doesn't know about something is probably not worth knowing. She has knowledge that's kind of deep and broad. And she just writes so, so beautifully. This is a book that I could not keep on my desk because it prevented me from doing my work. So I had to take it home. And I spent a good few weekends actually going through it and cooking some of the recipes and reading it. And it's not just inspired me to cook the recipes from the book, it's inspired me to actually travel where she writes about as well. Which presumably is the Baltic, is it? Yes, so she, she does a, a trip from Odessa all the way to Trabzon. And she talks a lot about the history, which is such an involved history and so rich. And just there's, there's so much going on there. And the food, the food culture is incredibly rich as well. Great. And so the recipe that I really wanted to cook from there is a, is a dish called manti which I have a manti fixation anyway. And it's emblematic of this part of the world because it's on the Silk Road. And there's, you know, versions of manti everywhere from China and Japan all the way to Turkey and beyond, and into the Baltics, in fact. And so the recipe that I cooked is her manti dish. And she did it with two separate sauces. And what I also liked about the recipes, I like authenticity, but 
she did say, and I followed this, you don't need to make the dough. I was actually able to buy the gyoza wrappers, which made my, my weekend life <laughs> <laughs> much more manageable. So I was able to use ready-made gyoza wrappers and make the, um, the lamb filling and then boil them. Um, and then made it with the two separate sauces, which I also like because I frequently can't decide mm. which I want. So I got oh. to have them both. Wonderful. And it was amazing. It was just like, you know, traveling to Turkey and having them there. And um, it satisfied my, my Manti fixation. But I can't actually recommend this book highly enough. And maybe the term Black Sea, you know, maybe people haven't traveled there or they don't know that much about it. it might not sound like something that you need to pick up and read, but you do, but you you do. need to pick up and well, read. I certainly you pick will. up, read and cook. Yeah, I, I yeah. haven't read this one yet. I will be in touch with Caroline Eaton um, in the new year because I've, she's on my list. Um, so you'll be able to hear her talking about it in the podcast uh, in the new year. What else is in your top three? In my top three was one of my other phases, Yotam Otolenghi. I mean, how can you not like no, Yotam Otolenghi? I mean, there's practically a verb now, Yotam Otolenghi, Otolenghi something. Yes. I Otolenghi that the weekend with some friends. Yeah. We all know what that means. You know, you have fantastic ingredients and he just works magic with them. He's, yeah. a, he's a magician. He's an alchemist and a magician at the same time. Yeah. And I love his recipes and I love his approach. Um, and just before the book came out, I actually had a chat with him. I phoned him up and said, Yotam, your book is called Simple. And, you know, I don't think of you and think simple. <laughs> How did you do this? And he said, well, you know, I had a challenge also when I started doing the Guardian column. I, when he was doing his Guardian column, it was all about vegetarian food. And he's not a vegetarian. So he thought, that's really going to limit me. But it didn't. And, of course, he had a very fruitful many years doing vegetarian recipes. And we now associate him with vegetarian food he's not vegetarian and so this came out simple it's like but you're not simple it's like, well but there are lots of ways that you can pair things back and sometimes you want a recipe that's quick sometimes you want a recipe that's just a few ingredients sometimes you want something that you can do part and then make you know save some for later and sometimes you just want something and bung the ingredients in the oven and they come out and they taste wonderful so yeah. that's what this book is all yes. about and we did i did a podcast with him all about the book and of course He's got his own podcast as well, um, Simple Pleasures. But he did, he did describe how he did it in the podcast that I did with him. And it's all down to the flavour bonds. So he does pare down the ingredients, but then he throws a whole load of big flavours in, which then whooshes it up. It wouldn't be Otolenghi without the big flavours. We wouldn't want yeah, we wouldn't want an Otolenghi dish without flavour bonds. Exactly. What's your third? My third... It weighs a ton. Mm. I, I frequently use it for weightlifting as well when I'm not <laughs> cooking from it. And it's by someone who I really adore called Anissa Halou. And again, she's a person a bit like Caroline Eden who just knows so much about her subject. You know, she can just talk for days about any given topic and you're enthralled because yeah. she has so much knowledge in her head about the history about regions, about people, about recipes, about ingredients. And this it's, book is... It's a map of, of Islamic culinary history. Absolutely. It goes all the way from, I think, from West Africa all the way to East Timor, just before you get to yeah. East Timor. So it's all, it's the broad, broad, broad sweep of Islamic food and cooking. And you can see how things have changed and developed and the ingredients and how, the, how they vary from region to region yeah. so she'll, she has like five different biryani dishes and they're all really really different 
they're called biryani, but the way that they're made and the ingredients that they use are really different. So if you read that book with that in mind, just checking and see how things have changed, it's utterly, utterly, utterly fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating. And it's, it's a real coffee table book in that you can barely lift it off your coffee table. OK, so my top three, and there are podcasts on each one of these. Um, let's start with my third. Sky McAlpine. I'm, I loved Sky McAlpine's book, and I was very heartened to see... Uh, the, the, a publishing comeback, you know, real money was spent on that book. It's, you know, gold embossed title. The, the pink pages for each of the recipes is slightly a different pink, which reflects the changing hues of the light in Venice over yeah, the period of the day. That is something I did not know. But, you know, having met Sky, that does not surprise me. Yeah. yeah. Well, in fact, it was the designer who who chose to do that, but it was very much a reflection of who she is and her beautiful photography which she taught herself she's got a doctorate in ancient languages and she really studied a lot of those recipes in that book she studied photography so everything is of the highest quality so the beauty of the book really reflects who she is as a person and you do get a sense of that because I follow her on Instagram and again it's kind of oh maybe I should be like her when I grow up as well but I could never I could never have that sense of order <laughs> everything just looks absolutely perfect my life unfortunately is not like that at all but um, she's actually cooked for me and before the book was launched I went um, to her house and I have to say she is just the most amazing cook so generous so down to earth yeah. and such a joy to meet and, and, and speak with and of yeah. course her food is, is uh, the recipes I found to be very very approachable and they look like they might be difficult and there might be all sorts of things going on but they're actually really kind of just taken down to the barest essence and you there's what you need to know about them they taste amazing well they do but they always have that little glamour the the asparagus and prosecco linguine i mean so easy but what a joy to cook asparagus that sounds like a really fun dish (laughs) and only in venice only in venice would you do that um time gilmella is I love that book because it doesn't just have beautiful recipes that are actually very very straightforward but it's much more a meditation on time it's it's a reminder of why we cook rather than telling us how to cook well Gil's one of our columnists and he is just such an amazing cook and he has just such a beautiful philosophy about food when you read his writing you feel very relaxed and you think okay this looks difficult but actually it's not as hard as it may seem and I, he points out that you really need to, to sit back and enjoy it. And it's not about being impressive or, I don't know, kind of entertaining your guests necessarily. But it's about, I guess, this, just this feeling that you get from reading him. It's a little bit like Nigel Slater in, in, a, in a, a kind of a nice way. Yeah. Um, that you, you just feel motivated and you feel as though you're capable of doing anything. Like Absolutely. Things that you didn't think you were capable of doing. Yeah, and I, th- I think that you know, a lot of the work that you do... I mean, one of my favourite recipes is um, pork with sage and fennel that was in the November issue of, of the magazine. I did a couple of weekends back for a writer's retreat at my house. And everyone loved it, even one of the vegetarians ate it. Because it was high welfare meat and because there was so much in it, I, we were talking a lot about uh, you know, how to present a beautiful Sunday roast and using high welfare meat. And so she was very interested in that. So she right. decided to, to actually try And she loved it. She absolutely wow. loved it. Um, and she loved everything that it represented. But the most important thing was that while I was cooking it, I slow roasted it and... Um, it filled the house with the most beautiful smell of sage and fennel and mm. apple. 
So, you know, it is, it's that slow cooking. It's the taking time to cook yeah. that, I, that I really loved the about it. The sensuality about yeah. food and, and cooking being important yeah. to all the senses, and he's extremely good at tapping into that. He is. My number one, though, is How to Eat a Peach, Diana Henry. And the publisher sent it to me um, on a PDF. And I had to, you know, I, there's no way I could skim through it. It is a story. It's about memories. It's about her growing up. It's about how she became who she is. And the recipes, for me, were incidental. The writing was so beautiful. And it's so unusual to get a book like that. I felt the same way. I know that a Diana Henry book coming across my desk is, again, going to be in the danger zone. I can't leave it there because it's going to distract me terribly from doing my job. Um, and... Yes, you can just sit and, and read it the way that you would read a, a novel. Yeah. And it explores so many things, so many aspects of food. And you know that the recipes are going to be amazing as well. Yeah. So that was, was definitely one of my top ones. I, I read it as an immersive experience over the course of about five hours, late at night and very early in the morning. And I felt like I had been around the world which is the, the absolute measure of a great food travelogue. It definitely is, and it's a book about menus, and every menu in there tells a story. Mm. So you do feel as though you've, you've, as you say, you feel like you've been there, mm. and then you can take yourself into the kitchen and cook the food. You can taste it as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, roast tomatoes, fennel chickpeas with preserved lemon and honey. I mean, just those ingredients yes. alone, you can taste it, can't yeah. you? Yeah, she's extremely good at putting together flavours and ingredients. She's got such a, a broad wealth of knowledge about food from all over the world and she wears it very very lightly yeah. um, because she's just such a brilliant storyteller and she engages so well with, with, with humans with human beings and people yeah. um, and her recipes are just they're real feeder recipes yeah. you just know that if you cook one of Diana's recipes it's going to please whoever whoever you've invited to your table they're going to love it I think if people still are looking for something to, to buy for someone and they know someone who loves to read and loves to eat you really you really do need it Again, very high production values, you know, the fuzzy peach on the, on the front cover. It's a real Christmas present. What are you looking forward to next year? I hear tell that there are two new Nigel Slater books coming out. Exciting. So, yes, a real treat. Um, again, Nigel Slater is just one of those people that you have to. Once the book is there, you know it's there, you can't stop reading it. It's addictive. Thanks for listening to the Delicious Podcast. And the links to the podcast I did with Yotamotolenghi, Gil Meller, Diana Henry and Sky McAlpine are all on that list of Susan's top 10 food books of the year at deliciousmagazine.co.uk slash 2018 books. And the back catalogue of the entire podcast series is at deliciousmagazine.co.uk slash stories slash podcasts including podcasts on fabulous books by Sybil Kapoor, Honey & Co, Nigella Lawson, Josh Katz, Mimi Spencer and Sam Rice on their Midlife Kitchen, Stephen Lamb, Dan Acevedo and Sarah Wasserman on Mildred's Vegan, and the avant-garde vegan Gaz Oakley. We're at the Michelin-starred Pied-à-Terre in London next week with restaurateur David Moore, who treats me to his stunning vegan menu that shows how gastronomy can get on board with hashtag plant-based diet. I'll see you then.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.